Welcome. This is the Death Tour by Metal Podcast, and this is, to be more precise, episode number 17. And I am Gary Grimm. And I am Tane. How's it going? You don't have to answer? It's fine. We'll we, assume... we did this in the last episode. We did, that's yeah. true. <laughs> oh, oh let's just uh, cut straight into it. Uh, actually, I don't have anything to talk about. Nothing? Just, Nothing at all? Nothing. Oh shit! Yeah, no, we actually have heaps to talk about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because we'd already like recorded an interview and gone through all the music. Yeah, and all yeah, 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 yeah. I forget to. Oh, I thought I thought I could go home early, but I guess we should just get get through it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I could stay here Slog all night. Slog our the, way the, through it. The beautiful uh, lamplight hitting the uh, shiny surfaces of your head. And, sure. You know. And uh, and also my cranium. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Mm. <laughs> After a terrible start. Uh, so, to kick us off, we've got an interview later on with some burlesque people that you should uh, stick around and have a listen to, because mm. I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, some of you guys might have heard the uh, the live video. Um, yeah, we did a Facebook live video uh, of the interview, but uh, for those that missed it or that couldn't be... Uh, that's going through the whole video and just want to hear the edited down podcast version we'll have that coming up yeah uh but before that we have uh some news uh about the death tour but metal club like the the live events and some of you uh will think that it's uh very good news and some of you hopefully might think that it's bad news sort of yeah uh but there there is some good news in there for the for some of you yeah it's um well gary do you wanna do you wanna explain sure so in october it'll be the two-year anniversary of the deaf tour but metal uh nightclub pretty exciting stuff it's pretty it it feels strange like we've maybe achieved some things yeah i th- I, th- I think we have i think i've definitely learned a lot in that time and have grown as a person and as a I guess I, I'm kind of loath to use the word promoter, but uh, that's what I've been doing. So yeah. I, I guess two after two years of doing it, you should be used to it being a dirty word. It's uh, well to some people <laughs> uh, and to some bands as well. Like being a promoter is a dirty word, but we'll, we'll I'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, for our two-year anniversary in October on the on Friday the twentieth and Saturday the twenty-first of October, we're having a two-night Death Tour but Metal event. Uh, so we'll have be having a bunch of bands on Friday night, uh, and then Saturday afternoon leading into the night, we're going to have a ton of bands. I'm aiming for about ten bands. I think we've got about five locked in already. Yeah, which is super exciting. And I mean, for for any regulars of the club or for people who've been meaning to come along to the club, this is kind of going to be like a best of of people who've appeared over those two years, people that we'd love to have back. There's also a few bands that hopefully we've been we've been wanting to book for a long time who will finally be able to play as well. Yeah, so. look, there have been a few that I've tried already that have said no. Mm. Um but the, 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 just because they couldn't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there have been a few that I haven't asked yet. Look, if, you, if you're if you in a band that's like uh, friends with Death Tour by Metal and I haven't contacted you yet, 
uh, I'm going to, or just contact me. Or if you're in a band that would like to play Deftorba metal, uh, like a big event like this, contact me. It's also important uh, that I get some good bands for this show because after this show in October, we're going on hiatus for live events for an indeterminate amount of time. Mm. Uh, I don't know when or if we'll come back to doing live shows, but, uh, and obviously we're going to keep all the shows that we've already got locked in. Yeah. So June and July, we've got shows where part of, uh, Metal United down under in September, we might have something else going on in September. And then we've got the August shows, uh, sorry, August, uh, uh, October shows. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, then uh no more live shows for a while we will probably still be looking into doing other events like maybe some movies maybe uh a quiz them all yeah something like that this is to to make it perfectly clear this is not the death of death tour but metal by any means at all uh but we're just kind of we're going to be taking a break uh just kind of need to recharge, need to recalibrate. We're still going to be doing things that we've been wanting to do for a long time. Sure, and the podcast is still going to be regular as usual. Yeah, you'll you'll still be listening to us jabronis. So, so people overseas that listen to us, this doesn't affect them at, at yeah, all. Yeah, really, not at all. If if anything, there's just one less plug that they have to hear at the end yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, one less plug and probably more time for us to do more podcasts. Yeah, one, so. one less plug that they have to skip past. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know, Tane, that I haven't really spoken to you about it uh, very much, this whole hiatus thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean... So, so I just wondered if you had any questions and maybe if we kind of like hash it out, we'll answer some questions for some listeners. Well, I, I, I do know that we talked about uh, a little bit just like how you did your psychoanalysis of me a couple of episodes ago. Uh, but it was sort of on the fly and it was a good yeah, way of just think, being able to get things, you know, being able to say stuff and realize it as you say it, which also, you know, hopefully is quite interesting for the, for the listeners out mm. there as well. So how did you sort of reach this conclusion personally? I mean, bearing in mind that you're the, the guy who bears the brunt of, of booking the bands and, and dealing with the venues and sure. all of this stuff. It's obviously a lot of work. Uh, that's that's a part of it. I think after the last one uh, with Fatigue, Infiled, Hazmat and Fenry, uh, we had an awesome night. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was a great night. Yeah, It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, all the bands were solid and enjoyed them heaps. Uh, the turnout was good. Uh, it fluctuated a bit. It kind of died off towards the end a bit. Mm. Uh, maybe a bit sooner than usual. There's usually uh, quite a big crowd for the last band, and that didn't really pan out as usual. There's still people there, though, so mm. that was cool. So I had an awesome night, but after that, I just felt like I'd put a lot of work into this show, and the payoff for me personally just isn't paying off as much as it used to i'm not i still have a good time but i'm not feeling as accomplished as i used to uh in the early days of uh booking shows mm. do you think that that's uh i mean i'm, I'm guessing obviously kind of knowing a little bit about what you think about it and it's it's not about it's not about money 
or anything like that. It's more about the the effort put in versus the versus what you get back. More as say attendance or uh, yeah, notice. yeah. I think that's part of it. I definitely want people to show up and have a good time. And a lot of the death toll about medals, I lose money by putting it on, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. So it's not really a money thing. It's mm. more. It's a couple of things. It's yeah. I'm not just. I'm not getting the same feeling after having uh, put on a successful show. I kind of feel like we have a a good stable crowd, but I just feel like we're kind of imposing ourselves onto the metal scene a little bit. Like it's all supply and no demand in, a, in, a, <laughs> in some crazy way. And uh, another thing is, it's not really a creative endeavor, and I kind of want to do maybe some more creative things. I think we'll get into that a little bit more uh, later on in the podcast. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that later on. Uh, so, so for the listeners out there, you know, keep listening. Obviously, we will be going into some of the things that we that we have planned. But I did know uh, already that as far as as far as creative stuff outlet uh, really the formats sort of dictated by the venue in the sense that we ha- we need to have four bands uh we dj in between uh and we'll still do things like games or whatever and that's but that's one of the only sort of creative outlets for us personally to yeah. do something like that I, ju- I just think that it's still fun i think it could be more fun and i think i gotta take some time to uh, just take some time off to think about it and uh, rehash it and uh, recalibrate and come back with something bigger and better. Mm. So we will be back at some point, most likely. In what kind of uh, in what kind of form? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, but exciting times ahead. We'll figure it out and um, and get to it. Yeah, definitely. And look, I mean something definitely from me and i'm sure you share the sentiment gary uh we do definitely want to thank our regulars and thank the people who have even just come along once or twice to check it out because we do really appreciate uh you making us part of the community of course of course uh like uh it's the reason i've still been doing as as you probably heard in the existential crisis episodes i think it was episode 12 or Mm. something like that yeah uh I was already having doubts as whether we should keep going and and we kept going but and it was mainly for those people that look forward to it every month or whenever we have it and uh, show up every time but yeah I think it's time to change things up a bit move on and I just got to take some time out to figure that out that's fair enough man I mean everyone who who's involved in especially the metal scene, you know, like a, a relatively smaller scene in the grand scheme of things in Sydney music-wise. Uh, relatively. It's it's always a labor of love, you know? The, one last thing. We'll get, we'll get to some music now, I think. But one last thing before we go. There are a lot of things with uh, organizing these shows that uh, don't bring me any enjoyment <laughs> that just get harder and harder each time they come up and... Uh, a lot of the bands that we deal with are great, but every now and again, you will, uh, I'll, I'll just come up against this ego or just this attitude towards performing that isn't really in line with Death Tour by Metal. 
and um, it makes it it makes it more of a chore to organize the show than a, a labor of love. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, totally. Uh, people can get burnt out from doing the things they love and from, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's that balance, I suppose. Sure. And, you know, there's, you know, elitists in the scene or people who uh, see DTABM as some invalid form of fun because it's not as underground and as uh, brutal as they'd like, even well, though they've never attended any of the shows. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? it. I, I would definitely make the point there. Uh, this also goes out to, to to bands who play, who maybe go like, oh, why didn't these people stick around? Or why didn't these people come? And it's like, look, to be honest, those people make the choice of not being part of that. Uh, and that should impact on on what you do or what we do i think really i mean yes it can be a bit of a bummer sometimes but the the guy you see at like you know a fucking entombed show who only turns up to like a gig every three months but who kind of like sits in the corner nursing a beer leaning back with their well, the knee locals up. are on who fucking cares what that person thinks that's you know? true but look they're still there and they still there's they honestly still played a part in this decision to a small degree. Uh, obviously, bigger things, bigger, uh, you know, uh, fish uh, on the frying pan that uh, uh, were caused, were spitting up more grease. Than, uh, I'm mixing my metaphors here. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, destroying things and animals. Yeah, close. Yeah. Close. That's that's close enough to a good segue yeah, that yeah. we'll, we'll it, run with. Look, I, was, I was grasping at straws or maybe grasping at herring. I don't know. Theft that's... over metal. The podcast that grasps at straws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the straw that we plucked from the, the bale of straw... The, the what's the collective noun for straw uh, i guess a bale yeah yeah true we're, we're, we're getting off topic here we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna listen to yeah, some let's music let's listen to some music so what's coming up first tonight so a band from the u.s uh nightbringer uh they're a black metal band they released an album recently called terra damnata and uh i really enjoy this album it's probably going to be up there with my top albums for this year unless they're knocked off the off the top 10 perch Mm -hmm. uh but the track we're going to listen to is as wolves amongst ruins by nightbringer fuck yeah Oh, yeah. 
Megathon there. Ooh, that was a tricky one. Yeah, I'm glad it was you. And yeah. <laughs> that was the title track from The Murky Black of Eternal Night. Uh, Pyroflagathon there being um, uh, Maury's from uh, Nor Their Tongues. Uh, we've played a little bit of Nor Their Tongues on the podcast before, but yeah, a band, a very prolific one-man band that I enjoy very much. Yeah, he's a very busy guy. Yes. And uh, before that, we had As Wolves Amongst Ruins from Nightbringer's new album Terra Damnata. Exactly. Very good. Um, so now we're going to throw to our interview with some stars of the burlesque scene in Sydney, uh, namely uh, Lord Hawkins, Christopher Hawkins. Uh, Venus Vamp and Betty Bandit. Yes, who a lot of you regulars out there will know from some of our live shows as well. Uh, well, actually, all three of them have performed at our shows at various points. Yeah, so. they they all have. Uh, anyway, we'll get to we'll be getting down to talking about uh, burlesque and the metal scene. So enjoy. Cool. And here is Gary Grimm and Tane. It's true, I'm here. Yeah, he is here. He's if you're watching on live video, you can see us. But we're here with some guests, and yes. we're going to ask them to introduce themselves. We'll start with Chris here, and we'll work our way around. Excellent. Uh, short introductions to start with? Yeah, sure. Excellent. Uh, hi, I'm Chris, Chris Hawkins. Um, I used to do burlesque performance as Lord Hawkins, um, and I am here with the lovely... I'm Betty Bandit. Um, you may know me. I've performed at Death to Orbit Metal as well, and yeah. And I'm Venus Vamp. I am the femme fatale of theatrical burlesque, as I like to tell people for 10 years. <laughs> and I have also danced for uh, Death Tour, but metal as well, and danced with these two lovely people. And we're going to talk all things metal and burlesque. I, I've also danced for Death Tour, but metal. But <laughs> only after a few drinks. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't tell them I, that. I, I wouldn't say there were people paying to come in did. to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I watch you dance all the time. Yeah. 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 There was that one guy at the back. Uh, he kind of was turned around to the corner, though. It was awkward. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> so. You guys all gave us uh, your stage names uh, when we were introducing ourselves. Do you, do you have stories about where your stage names came from? I can start with mine. It's kind of weird. I did like a very, um, just a very sort of straightforward exercise where... Actually, this is going to give away my mystery. <laughs> oh, no, we can't do that. No, no, no. Okay, it's okay for you guys. I will tell you. Hey. Exclusive. Um, <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. So basically, I kind of thought about in burlesque what I wanted to do. This is 10 years ago, mind you. And I thought about how I wanted to capture old world glamour and also do the kind of horror, uh, occultist, kind of dark element that I also really love performing in. So I did uh, two columns. I drew it up on a piece of paper and I wrote down all the words that I loved that were like very glamorous, very old world. And then I did the other column that was just all messy, trashy, horror affiliated stuff. And it actually took me quite a long time until I found the name Venus Vamp, which at the time when I first like saw it, it was like, meh. Mm. But it took about a month and I just suddenly realized, yes, yeah, now right. that's all who I am. I have become her and she is me. Amazing. Awesome. <laughs> what, about, what about Betty Bandit here? How did, how did you uh, put that together? Okay. Well, my name, um, I really love Betty Page. 
as you might be able to <laughs> tell, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, it's a very popular name in burlesque, actually, but I thought, you know, it's something that's true to myself and what I believe in, and it suits me as well. And mm. um, how I came up with Bandit, it's actually a um, pretty cool story. Mm. <laughs> so I thought, you know, it makes Betty sound very different. It's mm. not so much glamorous, but mm. it's mm. also... Um, I really, really like sort of Western, old school cowboys and that sort of badass, like yeah. shoot 'em up sort of thing. And mm. um, I just thought it was really, really distinctive and different as well. And it's also after a ba- brand of clothing as well. It's called uh... Bandit Brand. And it's run by this badass group of cowgirls that were actually really good hmm. friends with Lemmy and stuff like that. Oh, no um, shit. Yeah. Hey. And oh. they just, they make, like, they have photos with him and everything. It's really. Cool. <laughs> well, there's a link to metal right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what about? Uh, I, I think I, I know a little bit where Lord Hawkins comes <laughs> yeah. from. But if you want to explain, <laughs> so for the uh, I was born uh, Chris Wheeler. I've uh, taken <gasps> on my um. Rumpel's still secret. I've taken on my partner uh, Catherine Hawkins's surname because fuck traditional gender roles. Um, uh, and I ended up with Lord Hawkins because it was something refined. And in doing boylesque, I wanted to um, encapsulate and explore that more kind of aristocratic form of sexiness. Mm. Beautiful. Excellent. Is it true that if we say your name three times, you appear? Um, No, but I can mysteriously see out of your eyes. Oh. Uh, You might not want to do that. (laughs) I was going to ask if I say his name three times, does he come? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean... uh, (laughs) If you have a sultry enough voice, then yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe maybe if uh, St. Peter was here, but uh, great to have the introduction, great to have you guys here. Uh, we'd also love to hear a little bit more about the origin stories for each of you, because I mean, obviously, uh, you guys are all from different backgrounds, both uh, geographically, but also like when you started, the, the scene was very different. Uh, so we'd love to hear a bit more about when you started, sort of how it came to be. Uh, Venus, would you like to lead us off? Yeah, basically yeah, sure. what got you into this kind of performance and, uh, you know, what, what's yeah, what, been driving Yeah, what drew you, you to the art form? Um, I, I was kind of around when uh, Neo Burlesque had first, like, kind of blown up on the scene. Um, it's kind of embarrassing now, but Suicide Girls, they toured Australia and I was following Suicide Girls at the time. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, who wouldn't? That's that's fine. It's just I saw the tour, but I watched the tour and I liked what they did. But there was an element where I just felt like, why can't I do that? So mm. I went to see a burlesque show with my friend at the time, who's also another massive horror fiend. Hello, Izzy Peppard, who's Herbie's <laughs> sister. She's an incredible. Ah, yeah, yeah. Mm. she's an incredible uh, horror film director at the moment so keep an eye out for her um but we were hanging out together at the first ever burlesque show that opened up at 34b in sydney which was in 2000 and oh god five i Mm. think yeah 2005 something like that 
Mind you, Burles had been around in Sydney before then, but uh, with Girl S, Incredible Girl S, which was a queer lesbian um, a strip show for other women that was mm. very burlesque inspired, very satirical and political. Um, so they had been going around for like I think uh, 12 years at that point, and there was some burlesque sporadically that was kind of more the traditional like 50s burlesque. Uh, but when 34B opened, that kind of brought all the neo classic, whatever, like all the burlesque together in one scene in one spot. Sorry, and mm. me and my friend were just looked at each other and we literally were like. Why don't we do it? Yeah. She loved horror. I love horror. We also just thought, why don't we just do burlesque? Why don't we strip tease? Give it a go. We have so many costumes as it was at that point. That That's how we started. Yeah. That wow, was awesome. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Superhero origin story. Yeah. That's my cake. That's my cake. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Betty, how about you? Well, my story is um, actually a lot different. I've only been doing it for about two years, so I'm still considered a newbie, as they like to say. Um, for me, I've just I've always been a dancer. I love dancing. I did like ballet when I was young and tap dancing, everything. And um, you know, I've just always really loved makeup and costuming and just everything is sort of an art form and that expressing myself. And I've always found myself to be very different to a lot of the people that I knew that were around me and mm-hmm. as I've started getting older I really got into vintage style and sort of pin up as you can say and really that classic sort of thing and saw a lot of videos of classic striptease and I was like I love that that's just beautiful and sexy and everything but I want to bring something different to that mm-hmm. and luckily enough I was um, involved with someone and I used to go to burlesque shows all the time and um I met this lovely lady, Kelly Andol. Ah, yes. People would know Kelly Ann. Hi, Kelly. Hello. I don't know if she's watching or not. She's like burlesque royalty. So, yeah. Um, I sent her a message actually, and she hadn't she had known me previously, but not very well. And I would go to burlesque shows, and people would be like, "Oh, are you performing? I thought you were performing." I was like. I don't do it. I've always, I've always been at shows as a bystander. Like, it's an always a good indicator that you should maybe start getting into. Yeah, it. I think so, right? Yeah, and I was just, I'd always be at shows like, oh, I love that. I can do that. I mm. want to do that, but I want to bring something different to it. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I sent her a message, and she responded. She's like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to teach you. Look, these are my days when I can, and things like that." And I ran into her at a show, and. She said to me, she looked, she, I wouldn't even have responded if I didn't think you were worth it. And you, she's like, you've got it. Her exact words. And I was like, oh. wow, this woman, go. oh yeah. my God. You've yeah. been stamped. <laughs> you, were, you were told straight up. <laughs> yeah. Funnily, at the time I was doing things like pin-up pageants where you would have to just walk around on stage. And the year I did this pin-up pageant, you had to do a talent. And so I was like, it's now or never, mm-hmm. I'm going to perform burlesque. And I did the crappiest routine ever, <laughs> just quietly. No, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, that's it. And, um, and I, that was actually, funnily enough, the week of my first lesson with Kelly. And what she did, she taught me a routine, the, like the Tuesday beforehand. And I had to be on stage on this Saturday afternoon performing. So I had that whole week to practice and work out something and... Oh, it was it was awful, but I was like, oh, I've just done burlesque, yay! And Excellent. 
that was pretty much how I was that's born. The, that's a transition yeah. into yeah. a performance. And Amazing. Just grown ever since and have become my own thing and then, <laughs> Love it. So, Chris, you've yeah. got a little bit of a different slant uh, on it. Yeah. Performing uh, burlesque. Well, to explain why I started performing burlesque, I need to first uh, touch upon uh, my origins as a performer. Uh, so, I began as a circus performer when I was about 12, uh, learning circus skills up home in Katoomba. Um, and uh, then did that throughout high school, went out to uni, did a theatre production degree. Moved down to Sydney and was uh, making do mostly as a busker. Um, uh, started uh, being involved in uh, very things happening at various warehouse venues, um, and I saw other people doing burlesque and some other boys doing burlesque. And uh, much like the other here's others here, I saw it and thought, you know, I think I think I can do that. Mm. But there was still the question of, do I want to do that? And why do I want to do that? And it's a valid question that you need to ask yourself. And the main conclusion that I came to is my background as a circus performer was very much trick, 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 bow. Uh, And burlesque was a challenge. It was a style of performance that I was not familiar with and it was something that forced me out of my comfort zone and forced me to develop my other performance skills. Uh, And that's the reason that I really got into it and really enjoyed it. Hmm. Excellent. Amazing. It's so cool to hear like so many different mm. ways you can get into this. Exactly. So different, yeah. In <laughs> different eras as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. Different what year levels. was that? Um, probably 2011 was when I started Burlesque, maybe late 2010. So a few years between everyone's time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow, we got a real kind of timeline going. A nice gradient. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, generation. Except I'm not the grandma, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're the queen. Sorry. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yes. Hey, there yes. we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what your different acts entail. Uh, what c- uh, I know you're not performing burlesque anymore. Cause... No, no. I uh, hung up my sparkly panties. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, w- when you were still performing, yeah, what could people expect when um, they came to see a Lord Hawkins show? Look, it was really quite varied. Um, I did pride myself on being able to uh, fit in with whatever gosh darn theme the uh, producer required yeah, for the event. That's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> uh, and this one of the wonderful things about burlesque is going through that very rapid iteration cycle where you're needing to make one to three routines a month Mm. and uh it really lights a fire under your ass uh but there was a a few routines that i was particularly proud of uh that i put a bit of effort into um Mm. uh, i mean like that i got to perform multiple times and really get into um one was a sweeney todd routine uh which was um ended with me slashing my throat on stage particularly fun i think i saw that yeah Mm. Uh, i performed that a fair few times for a number of venus's shows as well such Um, an epic routine thank you beautiful (laughs) um uh i think one of the other ones i was quite proud of was my uh voldemort routine um (laughs) which was great fun um 
uh, opened with some uh, remixed footage from the show, torturing a little Harry Potter doll, <laughs> discarding right. its corpse, and begin bad to the bone. It was lovely. I also remember you had incredible prosthetic makeup and those crazy heel shoes where yeah. you're balancing on your tiptoes and um, just kept it the whole time. It was just like, yeah, he really <laughs> is Voldemort. Um, on, no on the makeup side, uh, shout out to Elizabeth Smith. Uh, Red, you did a fucking fantastic job. Thank you for coming on board. <laughs> Uh, just quickly, uh, Sabrina from the UK, who has oh, done interviews cool. with us before, Betty, you know her. Uh, she's saying hello, so hello. Hey, Sabrina. Hi, Sabrina. She actually said, long live burlesque that time. So oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I really like you. I think you're awesome. <laughs> Sabrina. And hello, Garrick Scarlett. How are you? Hi, Garrick. <laughs> hey, Garrick. Hi, Garrick. I'm glad it was nice. <laughs> so, I warned you about this, hubby. <laughs> Sorry, wifey. <laughs> so, Brooke, uh, what wifey, would you... wubby? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Betty. <laughs> Betty. Betty, we, we've, we've seen some of your shows at Death Talk by Metal. Uh, just a, a quick rundown of what to expect at a Betty Bandit show if people uh, come along. Well, for me, I like to say you don't know what you're going to expect. I like to bring something different every time. So for me, my absolute favorite act, and I know <laughs> we all love it. It's, it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> um, you got to talk yourself up. Dudes. I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I dance to Motorhead's Orgasmatron, and it's a Lemmy tribute. And I pour Jack Daniels on myself while I'm pretty much naked and... It's pretty awesome. <laughs> there are yeah, a lot of people running to lick the floor afterwards <laughs> after that show. That's I hope so. For, me, for multiple reasons. Um, so. You know, other than that, like um, anything, I really, you know, you, anything you, to heavy metal or. Yeah, I was going to say, you bring a lot of metal to your mm. acts. Mm. Uh, not, sort of. Not all of them, but yeah, there's been quite a few metal yeah. uh, tributes in there. So anything sort of heavy metal related or even comic book related or... Ah, uh, that's another thing, yeah. Any, like, different themes or even sometimes, you know, it might even just be a classic burlesque but with a with a twist, I like to say. But it's always fun and, and just, yeah, it's definitely a crowd treat. <laughs> I can ask a question. I've seen photos of you doing Wonder Woman burlesque, which I haven't seen yet. Ooh. That, that yeah. sounds really cool. Mm. Is this something you've done before or you've... Um, it's a act that you're working on? Yeah, I've done my Wonder Woman act twice, mm. and I'll probably bring it back, I think, as well. I think mm. so. I Good think timing. it's yeah. time. Yeah. 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 yeah, I love Wonder Woman, and like I love <laughs> comics as well, so mm. who knows who I might bring to the stage next. Mm. Yeah, nice to have some You never know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Venus, how about yourself? I know you performed a pretty good uh, satanic uh, mass uh, performance at... Uh, Death Talk About Metal, what else can we expect uh, when we come see you? How long perform? have we got? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We are talking 10 years here. That's, that's very true. Maybe a Greatest Hits album. Greatest but... Hits. Oh, God. Even that. I have about 30 acts on, like, on my books at the moment. But mm. um, a lot of them, obviously, I don't do anymore. Like I have done some routines that I've only done once, and others that are favourites. Um, mm. Maybe I'll Your just talk about blood one. Oh. Oh. I've seen it. It's pretty hot. <laughs> yes, vampire routine. Strangely enough, is my favourite. Mm. Don't know why. Wow. Mm. <laughs> 
Um, I think probably I'll talk about more my style. I tend to go for like a darker routine is obviously my kind of thing. Um, I'm very interested in uh, the occult, in dark art, in um, in vampires, in horror, in um, archetypal kind of figures. And so a lot of my routines do tend to work on that. So uh, people in the audience might not get that straight away or you know, at all. It doesn't matter. That's kind of my motivation when I work on them. So they're the ones I really love. There's also my more vintage <clears throat> routines, a lot of them based on Weimar Berlin Cabaret. So I used to do a show called Anything Goes Cabaret, which was specifically Weimar Berlin related. Um, and did you do X for that? Or maybe that was before I met you. Um, I can't recall. I may have done yeah, one. Yeah, I think I met you. Yeah. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. I've definitely mm. heard things about yeah. Anything Goes. Um, you would have obviously yeah. been part of it, <laughs> but it was very much, um, it was very kind of like a, a decadence. It was about like, um, the era between the two wars in Germany. That was very, um, literally anything goes, which is why I called it that. So it was very, um, gender bending. It was, um, very political. It was very dark. It was subversive. It was, um, humorous as well. So I have routines that are kind of based on that. I also do belly dancing. So I have a lot of belly dancing style routines as well. Um, I also have humorous routines. I do humor. No one knows this. <laughs> oh, no one me for that. I, I've never seen I am it. not serious. <laughs> Sorry, I think I just shouted. <laughs> I just like to make that clear. <laughs> I do humorous routines and I can do classic as well. A lot of people do not believe this. It's my biggest shocking thing, but I can do classic. I think that's how have we get done tall classic. Yeah. How we learned from classic burlesque. Yeah. I started with horror, so I had to go backwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> one of the weird things about being a male burlesque performer is there is no classic mm. male burlesque. That's a very sure. interesting like, point. You can do kind of classy male burlesque, mm. but it's a much newer invention, so it doesn't quite have that history of bodywork. It's work funny, I've been it. jealous of boylesque because of that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, you always can do anything. Yeah. yeah, please do. How do you feel about like male strippers that do like you know, hens parties and things like that. Like, I know a lot of the other okay. male burlesque dancers, you know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know they might be, get a bit offended and they'll do shows and women expect something yeah. from them. So what Yeah, you look, think? I considered doing hens party male stripping for a little while. Mm. Um, I came to the conclusion that I wasn't quite, I wasn't the right body type mm. and I didn't have a large enough cock. Um, <laughs> uh, Damn. Because, look... <laughs> Hens parties, <coughs> they want to see cock. They do, and it's it's one of those things. But it's um, not just at hens parties. I know, you know, unfortunately, people might come to a burlesque show and expect that from a male perspective, or even a woman, or whatever. But mm. I've, um, funnily enough, the only time that I've ever kind of felt kind of pressured to remove it all and go that step beyond uh is when i was emceeing um oh, really? because well mm. because it's an environment where people have the capacity to heckle back and forth mm. much more easily they can than they can with a burlesque show where there's music playing and yada yada um yeah and i'm sure you have done that i swear <laughs> i've seen it 
Um, somewhere or other. Um, like, a few times somewhere. Um, I I have done full nude on stage, but I generally go cover my junk. Um, uh, Unless you're up close. Yeah. <laughs> Carefully Lucky. placed top hats and all of that. As we were saying before, the uh, first two rows will get wet. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, uh, I see we are getting some questions in the uh, in the live feed, and we yeah. will we will handle those in the second part of the podcast. So we'll, we'll get to the questions soon. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We've still got a few more questions. Yeah, we, we've got a little bit more. Sorry, no one in the video can see me, but that's okay. You want to look at the, <laughs> yeah. the beautiful <laughs> people? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're yeah. gorgeous. Oh, you. Oh, oh you. So, you. I mean, all of you have performed a death toll but metal before in the past. Uh, how, obviously, not all of you are uh, what you would consider regular metalheads, uh, but how did you personally find it, uh, sort of being in, in that kind of scene, performing on that level? Uh, were there any kind of particular memories or stories from, from those performances, or, uh, or any feelings or things you took away from it that were different? I remember, Chris, you did some, like, uh, contact uh, juggling. Yeah, um, I, so I performed at Def Tour with Metal uh, after I'd finished doing my burlesque stuff. Uh, so I came in and did uh, uh, contact juggling and S-staff routine, I believe. Mm. Um, uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I don't listen to metal particularly much in my day-to-day life uh, because I don't have any speakers that are good enough to enjoy it. Um, uh, but oh, wow. I enjoyed... I, I loved coming along to the club and uh, performing and getting to listen to the bands and to the songs being played through a worthy sound system. It was wonderful. Um, uh, the people were magnificent. Uh, Metalheads are genuinely fucking lovely folks uh, also much my like punks. punks I wanted to say uh, um, me too cool we're, we're in agreement. Yeah, yeah. metalheads well, are pretty lovely people yeah. <laughs> well, do you ladies want to weigh in on, on the subject as well of performing at Depth Talk About Metal any memories or uh, stories that you can uh, bring to the table so I can um I like I've only performed once. <clears throat> It'll happen uh, again. Yes, we'll fix that. We'll fix you. that shortly. <laughs> um, but um, I I found like when I performed at your night, which is over a year ago. Jeez, <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, yeah, we should have gone over this beforehand. What what I recall from that night, and I still think about this, is compared to so like you know obviously all the years of shows I've done, of course I've done a lot of shows where people have been really lovely, but what struck me that night was so many people were so lovely and all came up to me and made effort to talk to me and say how much they enjoyed the routine. They didn't know me for a bar of soap. Some people did, but a lot of people didn't. Hmm. And I was so amazed. I was like, you people are so nice. And what I really love is like, you know, from the outside, you know, society looks at like metalheads as just being like fucking antisocial people, like stay away from them. They're all awful Satanists or, or whatever. I mean, that sounds kind of cool oh, too, wonderful but <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. they're wonderful Satanists and that's what I love. Like, they're like, honestly, it, I was so touched. I was like, oh. Oh, I'm getting teary. <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing. That's yeah. good. That's good. Oh, we'll thank we'll you. delve into that a bit more. Just uh, Betty Bandit, you've you've performed, I think at least four routines at Death Tour by Metal. Have. So mm. you must have some stories and memories to, to <laughs> let us know about. Scandalous. 
there's, there's, you know, actually not a lot of scandal. There was one which we'll Damn get it. to. Oh yes, which uh, we're getting part. to. That, but, yeah, um, that's that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. But all those three, four times, whatever, they were absolutely amazing. Like, I haven't been performing as much as these guys, or you know, as much as I would like to. But every time I performed at Jeff Chorba Medal, I felt amazing, and mm. just the response. And not everyone knows me or who I am there, and. Um, and every time I performed afterwards, I've had so many people come up and say, I loved that. That was awesome. I think it's awesome that you can dance to metal. And um, I've even had girls come up to me in bathrooms and say, I want to do burlesque. I want to get into burlesque. Really? Yeah. That's that, amazing. That mm. makes me, yeah, put, that puts a smile, yeah. That yeah. Puts a smile <laughs> on my face. and Spread the love. Yeah, yeah. Just, just the support. Like, at any burlesque show, I'm not going to get that, really. Mm, that's, that's so awesome to hear <laughs> those, is, yeah. getting those kind of responses, at, mm. especially at our shows as well, because yeah. that's the kind of environment that we're trying to, you know, cultivate. Mm. Uh, and for me, I'm, you know, generally a metalhead as well, and that's how I've met these guys. Mm. And to be able to, you know, dance to the music that I mostly listen to at a normal burlesque show, it might go- not get a great response like mm. you know Gorgoroff for example people might be like what is this scary screaming and you know at Death Tour with Metal people are like fuck yeah I know this yeah uh, and it's just awesome and you know I know that there's been photos and videos from Death Tour with Metal and I'm smiling like a douchebag mm. the whole time <laughs> just because I'm so happy to be there, there is, I love it there's it's, absolutely nothing wrong with that It's. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that yeah. everyone feels like it's a, a safe enough place to to perform and and hearing things from the audience as well and something just very quickly you you guys hear all the time people scream like for everyone that Mm. performs like definitely Mm. you know i hear gary and you guys like yeah i know we're we're getting that going yeah (laughs) i i I mean i know we were talking about we're still tough motherfuckers exactly (laughs) exactly don't don't make the mistakes but it's also important i know we were talking about it before we started recording uh to to have that safe space as a performer as Mm. well Mm. um i'm I'm very happy uh to hear that you guys Mm. think that it's a safe enough space to do that so thank you you know a very a very safe place it's you know, as Gary said and you've said, it's a platform for us alternative burlesque dancers mm. or something to well, dance to metal and feel safe and not like, oh, people are going to hate this, you mm. know? I, I think the thing about the Death Tour by Metal crowd at the live shows is, uh, like, for for me, organizing performers, I'm always looking for something different or, like, you know, something that you wouldn't see at every show. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I think that's why you guys have been so successful as well. Mm. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that we're successful. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first You just I've don't realize it. that you do it. You're <laughs> but also, the crowd, uh, I like to... From what I see at our shows, it's uh, definitely a crowd of really kind of I, I don't want to say the odd bods or anything like that but the very uh, unique characters that uh, beautiful freaks kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that I like <laughs> that exactly too. exactly yeah. that they're kind of a lot it's of people express to me mm-hmm. that they kind of found somewhere that they fit in mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't find at other metal shows or other types of performances which is good to hear mm. but before we go on any further, uh, for the podcast audience, we're going to throw to some music. The live video is going to keep going. 
but uh, just for the podcast, we're going to listen to some death metal. Ooh. How's that sound? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this... This, this awesome band, uh, Artificial Brain, uh, released an album uh, recently called Infrared Horizon, and it's up there with my top releases for 2017. I'm so thinking far. the same already, actually. Uh, so good. Mm. Uh, it's very weird, proggy, technical death metal, which mm. I like. Emphasis uh, on weird as well. Definitely very yeah. weird. Yeah. So we're going to listen to a track from that album called Floating in Delirium. Let's load in some more drinks while we do that.
from Time Ghoul there, and that's actually a re-release uh, of their 92-94 discography, which was uh, through Dark Descent Records. Yeah, I just gotta say, uh, Time Ghoul uh, were very important in the early 90s in the death metal scene, just because they brought sci-fi elements and really kind of brutal elements to the death metal scene that the bands like Cannibal Corpse and Deicide and stuff kind of... Uh, didn't touch on mm. so definitely the sci-fi element from time ghoul is really important and opened up for bands like orion and uh, a whole bunch of other bands that are uh, obscure bands that are uh, kind of escaping me at the moment but, yeah, yeah uh, it, it's kind of the first time where uh these things are you can sort of find them again as well because i mean back then obviously pre-internet all of that hard to find these things great to have these re-releases and there's a lot of things that seem to be coming out picked up by newer uh album uh picked up by newer labels sorry uh or being finally re-released by these labels the same yeah. guys because i think dark descent did do the original as well um, uh they did i d- I, ha- I kind of have a feeling that someone else did this re-release, but let's just say Dark Descent for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, They're the ones you want to look up. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll uh, correct ourselves later on in the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, sort Be- of... Before Time Ghoul was uh, Artificial Brain to... Uh, oh, yes, that's right. Uh, to back announce <laughs> Artificial Brain. Uh, excellent album from this year as well, uh, which is Infrared Horizon. But to get to the crux of uh well kind of the 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 reason for having this interview and for getting all all of you fine people in uh late last year we did an event called the black mass xmas and just leading up to the event we had a little bit of backlash discussion uh from uh a woman we actually tried to track her down for the interview but yeah i i I went back to the event uh there were (laughs) there were comments on the event uh saying i'll paraphrase here something along the lines of uh are the boys going to be taking their clothes off as well why is there a strip show at a metal show Uh, i just want to see bands and i think we touched upon this a little bit earlier talking about wanting to do different things and kind of explore different avenues with death tour but metal uh but uh betty bandit here was the one that was performing at this show so it was kind of indirectly aimed at her Mm. uh so i just wanted to kind of get uh you know betty's kind of uh viewpoint or rebuttal to those comments and then kind of have everyone else weigh in and what they thought about the whole situation and take it from there yeah and also maybe um uh, obviously i think a lot of performers have experienced similar things but obviously from from different backgrounds uh for both chris and for venus as well so so yeah we'll, we'll get into uh as well about uh different kind of uh 
uh, encounters with the public who didn't quite understand the the art form or maybe a little bit ignorant to the art of burlesque and uh, you know how those experiences made you feel how you dealt with them and so on and so forth but we'll start with Betty uh, and the Black Mass Christmas uh, Death Tour but Metal event well um I just thought it was extremely unnecessary. Like, if you have an opinion and you don't like burlesque or if you don't think it belongs in a metal show or anything for that matter, like, whatever. It's, that's your own preference. But I, the way that this particular woman went about it, posting it in the event like that, I was just like, really? I, I just want to bring this back to, <laughs> to metal just for a second. It's like, uh, it's like hating a band and going to their Facebook page and saying, I hate your guys' stuff. Uh, stop making music or something. <laughs> it's so totally unnecessary. Putting all that energy and into eight something. Times out of the ten, they don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, scroll past. Mm. Keep mm. scrolling, you know? Mm. It's not for you, obviously. Mm. Uh, like, if there's something that you don't like, why, why not focus your energy towards things that you do like mm. and, you know, vote mm. with your wallet in mm. case of... Uh, events and stuff like that it's so unnecessary to mm-hmm. go out of your way to try to hurt people's feelings mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. yeah. there's also a wonderful thing that you know if you go to these gigs where there are performances you don't want to see there's a band you don't want to see there's a striptease there's a drag whatever. artist whatever <laughs> mm. you can step away from the venue at that point you can grab a drink you can have, have a, a smoke, smoke. yeah <laughs> join yeah. your friends are having a smoke go to the toilet you don't have to witness it and then join your friends afterwards. You know, if you don't like it, that's cool. Like mm. I, I totally understand every, like burlesque is not for everyone. I, mm. I get it, but As to anything, you don't really. yeah, have yeah. to stay there and watch it and be all like, Ooh, fucking they made me watch this. Just step away. Mm. Mm. Power I, to all the people. I just got to, <laughs> I just got to point yeah. out a, a comment here. Cause it kind of leads into what we're talking about. Uh, KC from Offensive Behemoth? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, KC's a guitarist from Offensive Behemoth. She says that she thinks it's uh, disingenuous to say that criticism of burlesque is criticism of the performers. It's a criticism of the validity of this kind of event. Uh, Does anyone have anything that they want to say about that? I can Um, see Chris. I think, uh, (laughs) so, uh, this kind of event being... uh, burlesque shows or this kind of event being death to all but metal i, I think I, it's death to all but metal and yeah. I, i'll just start it off by saying that death to all but metal while it is a gig we started off as a variety event mm. for metalheads not necessarily just a band yeah, that was always the idea behind it it's yeah i sure, mean yeah. sometimes it illustrates that better and sometimes it is more like bands and djs but mm. yeah when, when we started off we'd have maybe one band playing and then mm. we'd have burlesque performances would have circus performances would have yeah. a whole variety mm. of things just to make it something uh you know a bit uh different <laughs> hello yeah. everyone uh but uh when you when you criticize i think in this particular instance the cr- criticism was in the event that the performer was part of and so 
uh, whether or not it was aimed at the performer, the performer was still copying the the brunt of it. Mm. Oh yeah. So especially like the um the so, comments were quite personal as well. That was yeah. you know yeah. This we're is... we're talking about this particular instance. We're not talking about a general kind yeah, of, yeah yeah yeah. 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 Mm. There's an idea that I would like to address, um, and it's the concept that burlesque isn't valid art. Um, and Ugh. it is quite frankly a bullshit idea. Uh, yeah. It's often tied in with the idea that um, uh, burlesque, burlesque is exploitative. Um, uh, show me a burlesque performer who is in it who doesn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Burlesque is something that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, mm-hmm. and a lot of money to do. In mm-hmm. some ways, it's quite a bourgeoisie art form. Um, poor burlesque is doable. I did it on a busker's budget for a while, but <laughs> I did spend a, spend a good deal of my money, usually more than I would make from a particular burlesque show, doing those routines. The reason I stopped doing burlesque wasn't because I felt exploited or marginalised or used. It's because I eventually lost the passion for it. And I decided that I didn't want to do something that I didn't feel passionate about. Answer too. Um, uh, also, uh, with the uh, paraphrasing of the original commenter's um, uh, words, there was the question of, will the boys be taking off their clothes too? <laughs> mm. um, I like and... you take your glasses off at this point. <laughs> yes, yes. Things get serious. <laughs> um, it, and... Let me just say, if Chris was still performing, we would have had him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the answer there is yes, if there are boys to be found. Unfortunately, male burlesque performers are few and far between. And listeners right now, if you were a man, if you have ever thought that you might want to get up on stage, do something fun and feel the adoration of the audience as you take off your clothes... Then you should absolutely get into this. <laughs> please do it. Um, I need to book more, so please, honestly. That, that's true. <laughs> Gary. Venus, you were talking about this earlier, actually, before mm. we started, that there is actually quite a shortage of boylesque performers. Yeah. Uh, and when you are trying to put together your shows as well, like the, the varied forms that they take, mm. uh, that's been a bit of uh, something that's been a little bit harder to sort of deal with or, or to source. Yeah. I don't know what's happening with that, but um, I always like to have my shows to be mixed gender, whatever that mm-hmm. form may be. Um, that's always how I've done it with Anything Goes Cabaret, with my Halloween shows, uh, Stripping Dead, uh, even with Drawing Blood, my current uh, life drawing shows, which, is awesome. which isn't mm. burlesque necessarily. Thank you. <laughs> Eddie has been a, a model, so has Chris. Yeah, I've been I've been yeah, you guys, and you have been a regular drawer. Mm. Gary, that leads Sorry. you to be yeah. head model <laughs> next time. Okay. I'm looking at you. Uh, um, message me. <laughs> but um, but I have noticed uh, in terms of bylaws performers that has diminished quite a bit. So I'm not really sure what's happening there. Maybe diversity in general in burlesque mm. is diminishing. I, think maybe I don't know. Some people it's are a... too shy. Step out of that. But also, I think because a lot of venues in Sydney are closing mm. down, and this has really affected oh, yeah. burlesque a lot. I think we can all speak yeah. about that. Big obviously, time. for bands, yeah. that's affected so many people that it's like shut down a lot of shows. There's not as many opportunities. 
and there's just not as many um, diverse performers that can continue performing because let's face it, burlesque isn't the highest paid role out there. Dita Von Tees, she may be the only one. I mean, mm. she married yeah. Marilyn Manson, okay? Like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so I think because of that... I'll take it's... her money, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take her costumes. Um, on Marilyn, maybe. But anyway, yeah. like, less um, venues, I just think less opportunities, less paid opportunities. It is mm. an expensive thing to keep up, and therefore mm. the more fringe elements of burlesque, like you say, boylesque, um, maybe the... Um, like gender bending burlesque or mm-hmm. like the more freak or metal burlesque as we're talking tonight mm-hmm. um alternative burlesque does tend to sort of diminish a little bit mm-hmm. but i am trying to keep that up yeah. <laughs> i really admire fostering male burlesque performers if there is anyone listening right now who thinks they might want to take that plunge Please find a way to get in contact with me, mm. uh, Christopher Hawkins. You can probably find me on Facebook. I live in Sydney. <laughs> we'll we'll um, we'll also have uh, links uh, yeah. to you. Um, and but seriously, stuff send me a message. Ask me some questions. Mm. I'm more than happy to to help. Uh, I also did a weirdly successful AMA on Reddit. If you search um, right. Reddit AMA Boylesque, it will show up in the search results. Have a read through. It's a bit of fun. Hmm. Uh, just uh, just to kind of move the the subject along a little bit into different notes, I just want to close it out with um, Sarah and Casey uh, put, putting the point out there that they're not trying to be mean at all, but with their criticism. And look, if if we felt they were trying to be mean, I wouldn't have read it out. Yeah, like yeah, uh, we're not going to tolerate bullies or anyone mm. uh, that's trying to degrade anyone yeah, or but anything like this, that. This this is also so. This is Open questions discussion. from two women from from a Doom Band in Sydney who uh, we regard very highly as well. So. You know, I, I think the final word is uh, I think uh, everyone here has kind of shown what an art form it is, how much work goes into mm, it, mm. as much as performing music, I'd mm. say. Yeah. And um, to put it out there, we do this along with our day jobs and yeah. everything else as yeah. well, and study and things like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Not everyone hard. plays an instrument. Not everyone mm. wants to play an instrument. Mm. This is the art mm. form you've chosen. Mm. Yeah. If you if you wanna if if you're at one of a, a deaf talk by metal show burlesque is happening and it's not your cup of tea feel free to go upstairs to the bar go out for a smoke or just uh go go for a walk and come back uh you know uh just because uh, a, a small amount of people don't like something doesn't mean we're not gonna put a platform out there for the people that do enjoy that kind of art form so and there's even... a lot of people that come to death world metal that do even just maybe if you think you're not going to enjoy it sit down Mm. open your mind and give it a chance Mm. let the performer entertain you and surprise you yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i was gonna say pretty much the same thing you You, you had your sexy radio voice (laughs) (laughs) i I think i don't want to put words in um in casey and sarah's mouths but i mean uh I definitely understand concern. I'm very interested by their opinion, actually, because I have I've met Sarah before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met um, the other lady. I'm sorry, but oh you know, yeah, okay, see, I'm yeah, very Kathleen. interested by the opinion of other women in metal sure. as well. Yeah, know? it's um, it's kind of uh, it, it is a bit tricky because I think with any sort of outsider art form, when you 
when you do something and you put your all into it and and you you love it and you want to be seen as valid uh but if you metal and burlesque have things in common but they're also mm-hmm. very different as well mm. you know? it might not be so much in australia yet but i know overseas especially in places like america and things like that Metal-esque, as they like to call it, has has gotten really big. And mm. Metal-esque mm. is a thing. That's what they've started to yeah. call it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, they've got so like really awesome. words and stuff. This is something mm. I didn't realize. Okay. Well, um, well, let's dive into that then. So, because we're speaking about the validity of burlesque performances at a metal event, mm. uh, I I think there are a lot of ways that burlesque and metal cross over. Do you mm. guys want to kind of talk about that? Does anyone have a uh, some opinions about that that they want to put um, forward? This isn't about metal specifically, but when Neobeles started up again in recent times, I think late 80s, correct me if I'm wrong, someone out there. Um, <laughs> but I'm talking specifically Neobelesque, which is now branched into classic and whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah. the, the contemporary version of Belesque from the 40s, um, when that started up, that was infused with rock gigs. It was specifically with um, a lot of rockabilly bands, a lot mm-hmm. of um, just like general rock and roll bands, mm-hmm. um, a lot of like glam rock. Like it was very much infused and they used to book a lot of burlesque performers to support mm-hmm. the rock bands at the time. Yeah, so late <laughs> 80s, early 90s, that's when Neo Burlesque started really kind of blossoming again and becoming popular and at that point like burlesque and music and bands and gigs was so perfectly fused that for me now at this point like of all the years that I've performed burlesque still my favorite gigs are always when I perform at bands like whether it's metal whether it's goth whether it's psychobilly whether it's like alternative rock festivals like <laughs> They just seem to go hand in hand. So I I feel for burlesque and for music scenes, they do, they, there is very much a parallel. They do work really well together. Um, so it's not a new thing, I guess is what I want to say. This has been around for, what what year is it? Well, <laughs> Over 10 years. 30 or more years. Aeon. Even more, let's go with that. Even since God was a boy and dirt was in beta. (laughs) To to show how much of a a nerd, and I was just verifying just then, uh, doing a little bit of research before tonight, um, as far as uh, burlesque and music is concerned, even uh, looking at some of the first instances for the listeners, it was actually the 18th century. Uh, Johann Strauss was actually one of the first uh, to do it. He did a series of numbered burlesque pieces uh that were i mean i don't know if we actually talked about this earlier on the podcast but burlesque being sort of about parody and about um social commentary and 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 uh you know exposing just the term a burlesquery yeah, yeah, that's making wh- a mockery of something. That's mm. where parody. it comes from. A yeah. parody yeah. of, uh, in particular, popular culture or the the, the zeitgeist mm. at the time. So, what you were saying, Venus, about uh, seeing it in a modern resurgence from from say the fifties, mm. uh, and mm. seeing that then, and it was shocking then because it was put to music that it hadn't been put to before, mm. and now that we've had that, we've had it with gothic music in the eighties as well, mm. which I think actually we didn't get to get to. Sorry, Garrick, but you were talking about. 
uh, burlesque uh, on goth nights, which is much more acceptable now because mm-hmm. it, it, gothic music uh, and burlesque that has had its that. problems as well. Well, yeah, but it, it sure seems did. like burlesque's relationship with mm. with a genre, a new genre, always mm. has to transition through this. Mm. Uh, hearing about metalesque now in the states, which is something I didn't know previously before mm. doing this, is fascinating. Yeah, so. it is. Speaking of metalesque, yes, yes, exactly. Well, you know, I find metal. You know, a lot of the bands. You know, that's how they express themselves. Mm. You know, and it's like burlesque as well. And I've always been taught to stay true to yourself and dance to music that you love and that you know and you know the meaning of whatever. And if that's what I listen to, that's what I'm going to dance to. And I. <laughs> Hell yeah! And I, I think I've... metal is about being a bit of a free spirit, and I'm exactly. and I can see uh, I have, from all my experiences with uh, booking burlesque acts at Deft or by Metal that it's very much the same thing when mm. it comes to burlesque, uh, mm. expressing yourself in a in a different way, whether it's musically or mm. with a dance and performance. Mm. No, it's not even burlesque. Like you know, I've seen pole to metal or you know fire acts or, mm. or yoga like or anything. Yoga, like, like there's oh metal yoga, which looks amazing. I want to do it. Uh, what is that called? Black something. Uh, it's got like three one directional um uh brackets on it oh we can't talk about one direction here <laughs> <laughs> monodirectional on this particular topic of the the relationship between metal and burlesque um i'm, I'm going to speak to something slightly different which is the um uh the versatility of burlesque Mm -hmm. burlesque doesn't belong or associate with one particular genre or subculture Hmm. um uh even the categories of burlesque pale in their attempt to define what it is um i've done burlesque to rock i've done burlesque to metal to psytrance um i've done burlesque to complete silence because the sound system <laughs> failed but yeah i've done those i've had that too <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, my first performance or well, one of them actually oh, like wow. the music cut out like three times when you say there can't be metal burlesque the answer is watch me i'd like to add to that as well like i know in portland oregon in the u.s there's um, some really badass girls over there that have started over like three years. They've run a metal, metal-esque, burlesque festival. And, um, you know, I've seen some videos and they're like with corpse paint and horns and everything. Oh, and cool. I've wow. seen acts to Bathory and Judas Priest and I've seen Metallica acts and I've seen even one girl, she was a midget burlesque actually, and she she did an act to King Diamond and she had the corpus paint and everything and holy crap yeah so it's like amazing what you can do to these things as well I I think when there's any kind of new style of entertainment or performance uh, that's kind of finding its feet or or finding its audience uh, which is probably a better term to use uh, there's going to be naysayers in anything um, and uh, you know, I think that's happening with um, metal and burlesque, mm. and uh, uh, I just think it's probably going to take some time for people to kind yes. of wrap their heads around it. Uh, mm. 
maybe a bit more time for I've some than others. But friends that don't listen to metal, and they're like, "How do you dance to that? Mm. How does that work?" I'm like, so "It's just natural. Yeah. It happens." Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, each to their own. Look, we're we're going to wrap it up, but uh, do you do you guys have any plugs and uh, just to, to touch on any further misconceptions about burlesque that you'd like to answer? I actually like do a frequently asked want... questions forum. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm it. actually going to go back to that previous question. Um, yeah. I just kind of feel like maybe what has been unanswered. I'm not sure. I'm just guessing here, but. Mm. Um, that it, the fact that it's female females in metal bands that are questioning why there's burlesque mm. at metal gig. Mm. Um, because I understand for female artists, like in bands and musicians and singers or whatever, mm. it is so fucking hard to like be treated equally with male performers. Um, it is a very sort of patriarchal world in a music world, like strangely after all this time. Mm. And I understand there's some reservations about having a burlesque artist who, yes, we do striptease. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And that we're going to be billed on the same night. Yeah, we're going to be billed on the same night. Therefore, does that make what you do as a female musician or, or your art like less valid? Does it... Does it make you, like, does it sexualize what you do or whatever? And what I want to say is what we do is very different to musicians. Mm -hmm. You have music artists, you have burlesque artists, you may have circus artists, you may have fire, you may have MCs, you may have Mm -hmm. DJs. We all do different things. And I completely understand as a female how hard it is to be Mm -hmm. treated equally and to have the same respect. So I totally get it. What we need to do is completely support each other in yeah. whatever different acts yeah. it is that we do. We don't belittle other yeah. artists. We love, like, like yeah. yeah. Female, like, musicians, I fucking love you all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you... I admire you a lot. I yeah. wish I could Well, <laughs> speaking on that point, uh, Alex, Sarah's uh, husband, is asking if we can address the first comment which was a while back, so I'm going to have to scroll back and open it up because it was big. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah, all yeah. fit on the screen. But uh, I would like to look at it and see if that's something to yeah, address. Maybe I, I, think, I think Venus it. is yeah, getting yeah. to that crux, which is... There we go. Uh, okay. Let me read it out and yeah, uh, I we'll see. Yeah, I can't see. My glasses. Hey, guys. It's Casey and Sarah from Events of Behemoth. As two women who play music in a male-dominated scene, which is what we were talking mm. about, I guess our issue issue is that the only representation of women at DTABM, well, I'm going to call bullshit on that straight away, <laughs> is the burlesque performers. Uh, this is a good time to plug our metal matriarchy gig on the 17th of June. All uh, bands with strong uh, female representation and the really DJs will be playing uh, music with uh, female artists. Uh, the gender imbalance of dudes in bands, dudes in the audience, and the only women there being sexy uh can be uncomfortable nothing wrong with burlesque itself it's just a struggle to see how it fits into a metal night okay that's uh, uh, sorry we didn't get to read that all before guys yeah. we did we didn't get to read it out before mm-hmm. i think we've covered it thoroughly yeah. and i don't i don't think there's much else to say to that um, i think all of those concerns are very valid and what De- you were getting to venus definitely. there mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like it uh you know you it is unfortunately uh, a male-dominated kind of subgenre or genre. Uh, what when we actually had the first thing with uh, with the Black Mass Xmas, 
we also heard from Kate from Lord Ragnar uh, and Chud, mm. uh, who also made some points about um, in the comments. I don't she's know if you remember. Cool Kate is amazing. Uh, she's she's the bass player from from Chud and Lord Ragnar, who may be actually merging, but we'll talk about that later. But I remember Kate's comments quite clearly, uh, mm. where uh, she was saying. It, I mean, she, she's been playing for not that long, but she's already found her experiences that they're just... Unfortunately, fewer women feel like they can get into the scene or that they're not interested enough in the genre to play. And I mean, I know that doesn't apply to everyone, uh, but I think what Kate was saying is uh, sort of echoing what uh, both Betty and what Venus were saying before, where you want to explore outsider art but you don't play music um we've already gone over yeah. that mm. so i think that definitely um, um sort of represents that but also one other thing that we we missed in the comments that i just saw scrolling past which is a very good point that uh natriz represents women every gig that we have as a dj yeah definitely at every gig that we play um uh uh, Kate from uh, Lord Ragnar slash Chud has played at a few of our shows. Necrology, uh, the, there's, I'm sorry her name escapes me at the moment, but female guitarist there. Uh, we've had female circus performers as well. Mm. Um, and we're doing this Metal Matriarchy gig coming up on the 17th of June because of this disparity uh, yeah. between the genders. Um, and that's something that we yeah. want to change. We want to encourage if, more equality yeah, and that kind if of thing. If I may thing. for a moment. Sure, um, go for it, Chris. Gender inequality and gender imbalance is a pretty big and serious issue in modern society. Definitely. Some With people everything. deny yeah. that it is, but they're being non-empathic fuckwits, quite frankly. <laughs> mm. um, and it is something that can only change with all of us actively trying to change it. And that's down to us. That's down to things like you guys making sure that there is representation going on. Um, uh, that's down to each of us encouraging our female friends mm, who exactly. want to get into bands, who want to be performers. Yeah. Well, want to, to get into burlesque. As who well. wants yeah. to get into burlesque. Um, uh, but it's also been touched upon as well that the gender imbalance goes the other way encourage your male friends to get into non-male things yeah. to get into burlesque to get into cooking and baking and crafting <laughs> and fucking crocheting yeah. um fuck gender stereotypes and gender normalization roles yeah. none of us yeah. need them it makes us all weaker that. look i think i think that sums everything up perfectly yeah. Uh, if you feel like we haven't answered your question succinctly, and uh, I'm damn sure that we have, uh, feel free to message us after the show. Mm. Uh, but are there any plugs that you guys would like to give us or any last words, anything else uh, about um, misconceptions about burlesque that you want to address uh, just before we wrap it all up uh, we'll start with you again Chris cool um, look I'm not performing anymore um, uh, as a burlesque performer but I would like to uh, I'm not performing anymore as a burlesque performer but I would like to take a moment to plug a uh, particular show that's actually happening tonight uh, it's a monthly show um, called the Glamdrogenous Freak Show at the Oyster Club yes. uh, it is specifically Focused around um, 
uh, genderqueer and non-normative performances. Uh, they've been running for a number of months now. They've sold out every single show, so please book your tickets ahead of time. I am not directly affiliated with them in any way. I've just gone along and seen them and absolutely loved mm. the night. So I do yourself a favour if you're living in the Sydney go. region. Go along, see the Glamdrogenous Freak Show. It's an absolutely amazing night of entertainment. We'll be sure to add links as well. To yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, Betty, is, are there any uh, plugs that you'd like to give us? Um, yeah, well, I'll be performing in a couple of weeks at Burlesque in Hand. It's also a monthly burlesque night at the Friend in Hand in Glebe, and it's only 10 bucks, so... Mm. Got no excuse, get down. And I'd just like to say as well, like, I think a lot more people should be a lot more open-minded about metal and burlesque especially at you know metal shows it's not death tour but metal isn't the first event to run burlesque with bands or uh, whatever hopefully and we won't be the last <laughs> yeah exactly but the nail you know, in the coffin which is yeah. kind of cool, i respect but... a lot of your women's opinions but i think you know we can appreciate what you do playing in bands and you know, dancing to metal, or if you might consider it stripping or whatever, you need to have more of an open mind about it, I think. Yeah, maybe come check it out and, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, watch the performance before you uh, comment. Mm, maybe. Yeah, it's not as un- uncomfortable as you may think. <laughs> <laughs> Venus, are there any right. plugs for you? Plugs, yes. Um, so I run a, uh, a regular occult life drawing session called uh, Drawing Blood, which I did mention earlier. Uh, Tane here is a regular drawer. As I mentioned, these two are regular models. Um, so and this performers. is... And performers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I have a Facebook page, uh, Drawing Blood. I update daily. I, I, I'm, I've been fascinated with the occult ever since I was a child. I don't know where I was born from. Who knows? It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's another mystery. But um, yeah, so I do updates with all occult. Every life drawing session is a different theme. So the next upcoming one is Victorian seance. So I'm going to have a parlor that will be very Victorian themed. Hopefully there will be some, you know, uh, spiritual visitations and levitations. Who knows? Um, also at Halloween time, there will be a Halloween burlesque show that I used to do. I'm and so I excited. bring it back. <laughs> See, everyone's already excited. Mm-hmm. Stripping Dead. Keep your eyes open on Facebook. The Stripping Dead is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all you'll know for now. Ah. Also, um, is it? <laughs> Venus, I think it's fair to say that you weren't born, you were summoned. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where were we all? <laughs> I was kind of unborn. I, I was spawned. Does that count? <laughs> I was carved out of a lump of granite. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) we want to say a big thank you to everyone who took the time to comment. Uh, There were a lot of comments, so we didn't get time to get to everyone's. I hope that we addressed most of them. If you feel like your question or your comment was not addressed, please send us a message. Post on our Facebook page, whatever you want to do. Yeah, we'll, the video will still obviously have the comments. We can continue to have discussion uh, right on this page right now as well. Exactly, um, but I think we covered most things. Yeah, and we really hope that um, that all of our listeners maybe gleaned something from it, a little bit more mm-hmm. understanding uh, if, if, if they were unaware or as performers uh, who aren't 
burlesque performers maybe you learn a bit more or if you're interested in becoming a burlesque performer uh we've got three amazing specimens uh who, who, who've offered to give you a bit of information as well so uh yeah right here yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yes I, i'm going to be coaching these guys on their yeah. first burlesque we're, routine we're all be teaching oh hell them. yeah yeah i'm ready Excellent. Oil me up. They've got their <laughs> costumes ready. Yeah. All we've got left to do is throw to some music. But before we do that, I just wanted to thank uh, uh, Lord Hawkins, Betty Bandit, Venus Vamp for joining us tonight. Thank, thank you all so thank much. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks for having yes. me. Yeah. Thank you to our audience who stuck with us and asked us questions. You guys and, are champions. And we're watching. <laughs> thank you. Poor souls. Just kidding. <laughs> and now for thank the podcast, you. we're going to listen to a band out of the States called Full of Hell. They just released an album, uh, Thrashy Grindcore Goodness, called Trumpeting Ecstasy. And this song <laughs> is called The Cosmic Vein. <laughs>
I was going to back announce this track by trying to make a sound that sounded like someone feeding off the blind, but that was feeding off the blind by Hideous Divinity from their album Advenians. And before that, we heard the Cosmic Vein from Full of Hell's album Trumpeting Ecstasy. I ju- I'm just curious, what would that sound like? Uh, the the noise that you would make to represent feeding off the blind. Well, I was thinking about this actually, as you were saying that, and I was like, is this one of those things where people who who don't don't have much interaction with with people with disabilities, uh, going like, are they going to speak louder? Because someone's blind, like, just totally fucking mix it up and fuck it up entirely. Sure. I mean, it's just going to end with the microphone peaking if I did it anyway. That's why I realized I shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I think just also the dangerous territory that we're uh, treading into is probably best to avoid that. I mean, we walk the line, but, you know... We try try and be careful of not crossing. Yeah, it too we much. we are the Johnny Cashes of the metal world by uh, walking the line without the the domestic blindness or the the amphetamine addiction. Sure, domestic blindness, violence, violence. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy, the blind. See, look, feeding off the blind. Hey. See, that's what happened. Ah, uh, tie Full in. circle. And scene. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of which. Ah. Hey. You know what? I didn't actually plan that at all. So that's a better segue than that one in the intro. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the straws. Uh, uh, let's not uh, get back into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so, I ho- uh, we hope that you enjoyed our interview. Uh, there were some interesting points raised and some uh, points that I completely disagree with that weren't opinion that were just i don't know not necessarily slanderous but maybe <laughs> had had the wrong idea about what death tour about metal is about and we we do hope uh the listeners out there did maybe learn a few things or maybe kind of hear a point of view that they might not have had themselves exactly uh, our guests were brilliant and um thanks again to venus uh betty and uh, Chris for taking part. Uh, but yes, moving on. Uh, we were talking about the hiatus before that we're taking after our show in October. Mm. Now, we're still going to be doing podcast stuff. We're still going to be doing other stuff. And part of the podcast thing is we're going to do a few spin off podcasty type things so that aren't like this usual smooth running well-oiled machine that yeah. is the regular deaf tour but metal <laughs> podcast try not to laugh too much the microphone will pick yes yeah yeah uh i don't want to say too much about them because the well the at least one of them might not happen another one i've started working on putting together and um it's shaping up to be kind of cool uh, if you remember a couple of episodes ago, we did a little sketch uh, about me being away from overseas and Tane trying to take over the DTABM empire and the, the millions of dollars that it rakes in by promoting bands in the metal scene in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. 
and um, ended it with us uh, having a sword fight and uh, me refusing to kill you. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it was definitely something that uh, that the listeners would would find believable, and that's why it resonated with them. I think so. Exactly. So yeah. Tane was like a Bond villain. I, I was the Bond of of that scenario. Mm. Uh, I wonder who wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> putting themselves in the Bond. <laughs> Well, it did. It didn't actually feature me uh, stroking a bald pussy or anything like that. No. I totally missed out on those puns. Yeah, so. my 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 bond was heaps less rapey as yeah, well. Yeah, heaps less rapey. Yeah, that, that that was something that I was quite still happy rapey, with. but no. oh yeah 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 <laughs> rapier. Oh, rapier sword time wit. Oh, oh shit! Oh, mind fucking blown. Our minds are blown. And um, I was gonna do another blow blowjob joke. It doesn't matter. Oh, Look, yeah. Wanna so we're gonna do more stuff like that. So kind of like a radio play type thing. Yeah, except it's podcast. not radio, and it's you know like a podcast it, play. Yeah, a podcast play. Is that it? Doesn't roll off the tongue though, does it? It's exactly like scripted scripted stuff like that skit. With yeah, maybe a little bit of room for improv. Yeah, it's a fucking radio play, and. I'm going to try and fit as much fucking Foley into it as possible. Of course you are. (laughs) But look, as you may have noticed from our events and from this podcast, uh, you're in good hands when it comes to this radio play because we are actually comedic geniuses. It's true. We don't try to let on, uh, you know, don't like to blow our own trumpets, toot our own horns, uh, tongue our own oboes. Sure. Uh, a lot of this podcast, as you can tell, is scripted, uh, <laughs> but every now and again, I'll let Tane off the leash a little bit and let him improv. If I think it's going in a good direction, I'll just let him uh, improv. So to kind of display to you what you've got in store with this radio play, uh, would show off how good we are at comedic writing by improvising a scene that may very well end up in the radio play or it may not, you know, crazy like that. It's true. It's like a sneak peek behind the scenes. We have an absolute dearth of amazing material. So we might not use any of the stuff that we come up with. It will just be comedic gems for this podcast episode. I was going to say we have an incredible derp, but... uh, Sure, both apply. Yeah, both Uh, apply. (laughs) So, without further ado, I think we've had. Have we? Oh, we're, we're a little bit short of our four drink quota, but I think we've we've had enough to to grease the gears. I suppose we've we've had enough creativity juice uh, to make this work. I think it's true. So yeah, we're just gonna improv some scenes just off the top of the head. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, all brain cells firing. In the comedic scenes. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'll kick us off. Hello, sir. Welcome to my shop. So, what you talking about, sir? Don't don't name me like that, Charles. I'm just trying to fucking walk past and have some fried chicken. Okay, that firstly, that was really racist. What do you mean? Like, I mean, it was. Uh, I I I thought I'd go edgy, and I, you know, it's 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 improvised. It's just off the top of yeah, edgy. Uh, look, a little too edgy. Let's take the okay. edge off. Okay, let's be 
us. Okay. Let, let's be our nationality. Okay. I, I, I didn't even get to do my awesome joke about Living Color being my favorite black metal band. Look, uh, well, uh, that guy could have been white. Yeah, that's true. I'm covering your ass here. That guy could have been white. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start again. Let's do a completely okay, different okay, scene. Okay, got it. Got we'll it. do it a bit more naturally. Here we go. Hey, thanks for coming. Uh, coming where? Oh, to to this bar to meet up. Uh, we're friends from way back. Yeah, I, I've I've never met you before. All right, we've got to stop here, man. Why? It was just it was just <laughs> shitty. It was just a shitty premise. <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the the first rule of improv, actually, the first rule is uh, is two words: yes and. Yes and. Yeah. So. Yes and. It was a shitty premise. Was... <laughs> so. I welcome you to the to the bar. Okay. And you, uh, because that was the pitch given to you, you, have, you roll with it. Otherwise, the the scene doesn't flow. It's, it gets halted and um, the person pitching stuff is going to second guess themselves. Uh, okay, you know? I, I get it. I, it was just a little bit hard to, to imagine. I mean, like, I know we're sitting here with, like, dimmed light and we're drinking beers and looking longingly into each other's eyes. Dude. And it, there are similarities to Dude. to what a bar would be, but... Dude, we're supposed to be showing them how professional and comedic geniuses we are. I... I if you told me that earlier look, we'll cut this part out no it's look look i just it's never been that kind of operation in my eyes so it's just <laughs> just just flow with it come on man okay. be, co- be okay. cool okay i'm cool i'm not yeah. fucking cool i'm cool i'm cool as a cucumber bro you're getting into racist territory uh, uh, okay, again okay. i almost did the be cool part from pulp fiction oh shit in the, in the diner at the end of samuel oh. L. jackson but I saw how racist it would have sounded with me doing it. Okay, right. So I well, look, you've got a shaved head. You've got the, uh, the handlebars. Yeah, and... I might be racist, but I leave that out of the podcast. Well, okay. I, look, it's... I'm racist, misogynist. I don't... I just... Yeah, the bestiality we're not even going to get into here, yeah, but... Well, uh, this is all going to be cut from okay. the podcast. Okay, got it, got it. We, okay. we can't let the audience know. At a point, at a point back there, so... Okay, so we've had our fun. Let's do a proper scene. That, yeah, yeah. That was obviously a bit of jerking around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, ooh, yeah. Edgy, <laughs> edgy. All right. Fucking edge lords. So, for this scene, I'm thinking of just uh, like taking uh, things that have happened that we've talked about in the podcast so far, and okay, okay. Uh, what's a what's a location? Um, I guess like an office or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, like an office. People people say stupid, funny things at offices all the time, so yeah. that's probably a nice, easy one to... Okay, yeah. let's do that. Okay, okay. And do you want to start? Uh, sure, okay. I'll kick it off. Okay. Martin, will you come into my office for a second, please? Uh, sure, I... Um, uh, what's this about? Oh... Uh, I was hoping you'd know what it is about, but look, I'll explain it to you because it's a bit of an awkward situation. As you know, uh, I pride myself in running the most professional and out there craziest boylesque troupe in Australia. Of, of course. I mean, that's that's why you're known as... Just uh, 
keep keep praising me about it please yeah, yeah, yeah that's why you're known as um uh great dicks gary i mean we know great that dicks. there's going to be great dicks thank you absolutely every time thank every you. show thank you uh and look, I, i'm i'm proud to be one of those great dicks look thank you for feeding my ego as you know that's the only reason anyone would be a promoter of any type of entertainment in sydney penis yeah penis yeah uh yeah thank you but obviously there's been a bit of a problem with your act uh a problem uh, how how so you, you don't know well i mean you know there's there's a there's a few things that certain people don't like you know there's um well i think the main thing that they don't like is that you put more clothes on than when you started uh really people had an issue with that it's i, I to be perfectly honest thought it was going to be the blackface but <laughs> look we all know here at um at my boyless troop if the internet's anything to go by uh uh definitely uh misaligned when it comes to gender and race and uh everything else but uh sure but i so mean that's, that's no what problem. great dicks gary is about you know but, you know we're we're there to see dancing we're there to have fun and we're there to see a little bit of skin as well oh sure i mean i jiggle plenty and i mean I, I i thought the dildo that i wore on the outside of it was more than enough for the for the punters uh, you'd think so but and look i see where you're coming from you know well look it's easy to wash i don't have to worry about wearing a condom during my act <laughs> because i do like to get very you know in people's faces and literally as you know you know and i know you're trying to change it up by taking it the other way and adding more clothes and uh concealing yourself but is there any way sorry is there any way we can get you to you know do a more traditional act well i mean when when People come and see Titastic Tane and his massive swinging dong. It's I'd say it's for two things. I'd say it's the blackface, and I'd say it's the excessive clothing. Mm. But, uh, mm. You're wrong. You, you, I'm, I feel challenged here. <laughs> I must say, you know, I, I, I've loved working with you, and especially like, I mean, God, who are some of the other performers that, uh, that are on the roster for this as well? Because, I mean, they're all top-notch. Well, there's all the clothes Anthony, so I kind of feel like he's kind of taken over the too much clothes for a burlesque performance. Well, uh, as, as you know, I can kind of understand your motivation here because fully clothed Franklin was obviously part of the, uh, you know, part of the opening troupe. So, but at the same time, I don't think I'm doing the same thing. I think really with the blackface and the dildo, it's entirely different. Well, look, we'll work on it, but there's one more thing I wanted to... To talk about well is okay sure it's the messages that you're putting across in your routines well i thought that i just it was subtle but your your act about 9-11 being an inside job i thought that that was something that we could all appreciate i mean especially because i wear the extra bush that's covering the dick uh yeah it's just that um dick cheney see look it's so multi-layered i get it it. and And i'm an artist i need to speak and i get you kind of showing off your steel beam and all that kind of stuff yeah well nothing melts this steel beam but that is the tagline of the show we can't the posters are already printed now 
We want to take people's minds off the politics of things. We want to want to have fun. Well, look, okay, maybe I can drop the Nelson Mandela Act. I mean, that's that's maybe something that's not so relevant these days. I'm happy Plus, to Plus, very that. inappropriate with all the blackface. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I, I understand that the wig was maybe not so convincing, but, you know, maybe I can bring something By wig, else you mean it. Merkin, right? Well... <laughs> It can be worn both in the top end and lower down. The curliness kind of adds to the fact that it's... Let's see, and I think we're getting into <laughs> more territory that we don't want to get into here. I don't, I don't think that was going any further. I think we did okay. Look, I think, joking aside, uh, this radio play podcast uh, we're going to do is scripted, and it's going to be so much better than the, that what we just yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, we're thanks. clearly not... Uh, professional improvers <laughs> but if we sit down and write some stuff we've we've already got a quite a bit written for at least two episodes yeah yeah, yeah. uh so there's stuff like that to... with, with plans for more but uh let's be honest this is our first venture doing something like this and so it's making sure we've got something a bit more polished before we before we sort of present it exactly so anyway Let's forget about that bad improv. Uh, if you're still listening, uh, let's go to some music. Sounds good. Uh, so next up, uh, we have a band that's from Norway, and I think uh, the, one of the guitarists has moved to Australia, maybe Melbourne or something, or maybe uh, New South Wales, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, anyway, now essentially a local guitarist, which is pretty cool, and these guys are very cool. Yeah, they're called Condor. And they've released an album recently called Unstoppable Power, and the track we're listening to from that is Malevolent Curse. You're going to hear at least one in there. At least one. If we do have like a a sort of sound stab kind of thing, I Mm -hmm. would definitely need it to be Tom G. Warrior's at least Tom G. Warrior. There's so many guys that do it, but I think he perfected it. I think we should have an uh, off sometime, perhaps. Yeah, uh, that that's been the plan for one of the quizmals. So yeah. stay tuned. Anyway, Condor with malevolent curse. <laughs> And it's 
sounds of thrash that you just heard then were by blood feast uh from their latest album the future state of wicked and the track we listened to was off with their heads and before that we had condor with a malevolent curse from their album unstoppable power i would have also accepted condor so many uh awesome so look that's about all that we have for you guys we've got everyone's favorite part of the podcast right now which is plugs uh but we're mostly going to be plugging our own stuff so deal with it first up I think it was, was it the last episode we had the interview with uh, Rob from Somnium Knox? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Somnium Knox have an awesome new album out, uh, Terra Inanis. Uh, yeah, it's the album that we were talking to him about in the last uh, episode. And it's now been fully released and available for sale on uh, their band camp. Uh, so we'll put a, we'll put a link as usual in a, on their SoundCloud description mm-hmm. of the episode. Uh, besides that we have on the 17th of June, 
the Deftorba Metal uh, Metal Matriarchy gig. Yes, very excited about this one. So this gig is all about <clears throat> celebrating uh, very powerful female figures in the metal and uh, rock scenes in Sydney. And uh, on that gig so far, we have uh, awesome D- Stoner Doom from the band Dawn. Uh, we've got a rock band called The Dirty Earth who are playing. I'm pretty excited about that. Mm. And also uh, we have The Mighty Mighty Temptress. Yeah, very excited about that. Great to have them on, finally. Uh, lo- Sydney locals will be very familiar with Temptress. And if you're not, definitely worth coming along to check them out. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, but we'll have uh, more. Uh, we'll have another band, and we might have some more things to announce about that gig coming up. But... Yeah, yeah, we'll keep you guys posted as always. Anyway, but yeah, so, uh, at time of recording, that's about a month away, and uh, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. In uh, July, on the twenty first, twenty first of July, I'm pretty sure. I didn't check. <laughs> That's uh, okay. You're like the the man with all of the information in general straight off the top of your head. So. Uh, I'm, I'm juggling a lot of stuff at the moment. But uh, at that show, we have uh, Lethal Vendetta finally playing a Death Tour by Metal show. So uh, that will be worth coming along. But if that's not enough for you, for some yeah, what's wrong with you? Reason, yeah, fuck me. Firstly, a fuck teen. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> secondly, we've got Cosmic Art. Uh, these guys, uh, I, I hadn't heard of them before, but I do enjoy putting on bands in the local scene that haven't had a lot of play that are just kind of. Uh, starting out or uh, you know finding their audience and stuff uh, I had to listen to the demo uh, on uh, Bandcamp and they sound like they're gonna fit right into this gig so Cosmic Art are gonna definitely be worth checking out who else do we have we have Wartooth from Brisbane coming yeah. to play very excited about that and finally, we have uh, a local band called War Rages Within. Ah, yes. Very excited about having a band, these guys. A band with a drummer that Tane used to uh, play in a band with. Yeah, Senor Nick Parkinson, one of, seriously, Sydney's best fucking drummers. I don't say that lightly, uh, but these guys are definitely going to be going to be something not to be missed. Yeah, so they'll be capping off the night. I'm sure we'll have other cool things to announce in due time about that gig uh so 21st of july Mm -hmm. check that out uh september we've got metal united down under uh head over to our facebook page and join the event for that and we'll have some announcements soon uh but it looks like we've got some things in the works that that are gonna make it pretty worthy yeah we've got some bands on to announce but we're just kind of holding off for the moment yeah but uh if you if you've never made a metal united down under it's it's absolutely amazing uh metal ruse uh and michael luders in particular uh and anya of course um they they put their heart and souls into this and it's it's just such a fucking amazing event oh michael (laughs) i hope i I hope i'm not being too uh 
uh, much of a pain in the ass with you guys. <laughs> that was that was very impressive. <laughs> that was my Michael Luda's impression. So hello, Michael. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael was awesome to work with. We worked with him on the last Metal United uh, Down Under. So uh, when he asked us again, uh, we had a talk about it, and we were like, yep. "Yes, yeah, definitely, let's do it." Mm-hmm. We might have another show in September, and it's going to be very different i can't say too much about it yet because it's still in the planning stages so maybe we'll have something to announce next time yeah uh and then october so like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast october 20th and And 21st 21st sorry just making sure we were recording because we didn't have the (laughs) we didn't have the screen up uh 20th and 21st of october death tour but metal extravaganza we're aiming for around five or six bands for the Friday, and uh, my uh, still kind of uncertain at the moment. But aiming for about ten bands for the Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be an all-day event, uh, sort of showcasing some of the bands that we've loved to have with DTABM, some of the bands that we haven't had a chance to have. Yep, and maybe some bands, some wild cards that we haven't had any contact with. Hopefully, if you're in a band and you want to get in on this huge gig, contact us at the Def Tour But Metal Facebook page or at devtourbm at gmail.com. But uh, for the first time, I'm going to announce what we have lined up already. So for the Friday... Definitely locked in. We have Head in a Jar, which is fucking amazing. Love Head in a Jar. Excellent guys. So looking forward to that. And now testing my memory for the Saturday. So far, in no particular order, we have By the Horns, Beast Impaler, uh, Core Rotted, and uh, of course, the Mighty Reaver. Yeah. Uh, So there are a heap more bands to be announced. I'll probably put the event up soon. Uh, so join the event and keep an eye on the announcements for that. It's going to be huge. Like I said, contact me if you want to get be part of this huge extravaganza before we go on hiatus. And I think that is it for the plugs. Yeah, I think so. Uh, th- besides that, just generally check out the, the work of uh, uh, Betty Bandit, uh, Venus Vamp, and uh, the Lord Hawkins chris hawkins uh, who's amazing we're going to be doing some work with them in the future for sure mm-hmm. and uh is there anything else you wanted to cap this episode off with teen uh not really i mean we could improv something but uh i think we've already exhausted that i think if if anyone's still listening that heard the improv before they don't want to hear anything. no no <laughs> definitely not definitely not so I guess who we're we gonna have taking us out tonight? So we're gonna we're gonna finish up here with a band that I've seen. They're a German band. I saw them in at Hellfest in 2012. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they're a band called the Ruins of Beverast, who just seem to get weirder and weirder with each album. This is a pretty weird album. Yeah, so so a bit of psychedelic. Uh, proggy black metal for your ears right now their album is called exuvia and fool fuck me this uh, you can do it you can do it it's called serta barbar maritime excellent
Serta Baba Maritime. Not to be confused with the cartoon elephant not, ship episodes. Not not Baba. No. 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 Baba. Yeah. Yeah, let's good. just say Baba. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening once again. I have and will continue to be Gary Grimm. I'm questioning my existence as Tane. And uh, hopefully, if you haven't shuffled off this model coil, you'll be around to join us for the next episode of the Death to All About Metal podcast next month. Mm-hmm. Until then, keep it heavy. Uh, I'm trying to come up with a we, we need like a, a tagline. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Bang your head. No, there was something about having three testicles before, but uh, uh, yeah, that was while we weren't recording, so it's going to sound a bit weird. If oh, uh, we, that's true. We do a that was just our banter. That yeah. was our yeah, yeah. Well, um, no matter if you have one, two, or more testicles, or no testicles at all. Yeah. Uh, bang your head rest in power uh optionally testicle testicular fun (laughs) yeah optionally testicular fun leave your testicles at the door no no it doesn't doesn't work maybe we should steer clear of the testicles look (laughs) dbm steering clear of testicles keep on rocking in the free world yeah (laughs) and look we hope to see I hope you hear us again next time. I hope you're around to hear us. I hope we see you at our gigs for our overseas listeners. If there's still any of you, uh, fucking, you know, uh, don't take any shit from all the weird political stuff that's happening overseas. Oh, and here, please pay no mind and judge us not by, by our somehow elected leaders. Look, we're all going down. It's all turning to shit. Everything is collapsing around us, so we may as well listen to some fucking metal in the meantime. You know what? Like, once everything, like, goes to shit, yes. and if we can somehow get a generator and people still have the internet, then yes. we can have, like, Death Toll But Metal, the only post-apocalyptic metal podcast. It's going to be Death Toll Mad Max. Death Toll But Mad Max or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. We'll have our Mad Max theme show once, uh, you know, the, the world has been thoroughly nuked. Yeah. After yeah. the fallout is cleared, when we leave our bunkers then yeah yeah just like mad max with none of the anti-semitism of uh mel gibson uh yeah i think there was enough uh racial uh stereotyping earlier in the improv scenes that's true we, that's true we don't need to propagate that any further yeah like, joke's a joke i i feel terrible even though it was a joke so <laughs> And if you were offended by anything, uh, please write to someone else. Uh, someone Fred Nile. Who equally can't take a joke. Yep. Uh, so, without further ado, here is Ruins of Bat. <laughs> One more time Ruins of Beverest. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Catch you next time. Bye.
find the world.